stick my toes in I'm frozen, I know I'm God's chosen Internal explosion my toes in, I'm frozen, I know I'm God's chosen, internal explosion. Hey, what's up everybody? It's Benny J. And yo, yo, it's your boy, Mr. Main Event in the building. And this is Internal Explosion, the podcast, episode six, Grasshopper, Danielson, wax on, wax off. And what does it say under the lid of my hat? Read it. You have much to learn. You have much to learn, Daniel son. So enough. <laughs> <laughs> With the cultural references. <laughs> Everybody knows they love it, especially Americans. Let's be real. There we go. Everybody heard about that wax on, wax off back in the day. And I was thinking about this idea of young grasshopper. Mm-hmm. You must learn from a very baby state of your life to understand what it means to be a spiritual being because we come into this world dead in sin mm. but we come out if we if we get, if we actually get to know the lord alive in christ so there's something really beautiful to say about what it means to come in as a dead person be resurrected in a spiritual sense where you are now brought to life by the power of the holy spirit through the blood of jesus now it's like you're reborn. Y'all, you, y'all heard about born again. Mm-hmm. The born again Christians, they get the worst rap of all. <laughs> the, that born again talk, yo, the evangelicals definitely ran that through. But the idea of it, even though we have a crazy amount of people who come through talking about being born again, being born again is an essential concept that we must understand as Christians. Because once you're born again, you're actually alive spiritually but you're a spiritual baby mm-hmm. when you first when you first witness when you first experience and receive Jesus as your lord and savior so in that new receiving of Jesus in that new life all of a sudden it's like oh my goodness i need spiritual milk cuz i don't know what i'm doing i need to develop as a spiritual being cuz i didn't have that starting out and as we grow and we mature we understand that oh, other people are coming into the faith at any given point of life. You could be 85. You could be 105 potentially. And that person still is going to come in being reborn in the spirit at a ripe old age. So there's a big difference between spiritual maturity and spiritual understanding and, and the just physiological development of a human being and the natural maturity that happens in our own strength in our own sense of knowledge, what we think we know. Dude, you you gave me some visuals right there. I'm thinking about what, what Paul said, and the, the the book escapes me, but he pretty much said, you know, <clears throat> you're not ready for meat yet. Mm. I, have to, I have to train you up on milk. And anyone that knows anything about human development and starting from a baby and growing to an adult knows that all babies start out with milk. It's the and- breast thing of all. on top of that (laughs) it gives it gives you exactly what you need Uh, the milk gives you exactly what you need and as you get trained up and as you grow up you can graduate to to solid foods and to to meat 
Potatoes. Um, and so this, using Paul's analogy, he's cognizant that not everyone that is chronologically old is spiritually old or spiritually mature, and which is not a bad thing. No. Uh, we all start out needing just the smallest, most elemental bits of information or um, experiences as we continue to grow in faith. Um, but as we do mature in faith, we're obligated to move up not and not stay at milk. Yes. You know, we have to move up to solid food. We have to move up into um, meatier content. We have to be able to have conversations like this. Yes. Uh, we have to be, you know, out in the world, you know, proclaiming the gospel. So as we do get older, it's not enough that we just are able to eat solid foods, but we have to use that content and, yeah. you know, move forward and continue growing. Because think about it. Anybody can technically eat anything, mm -hmm. but what happens after you ingest it through your mouth? You still have to let it get to your stomach and your stomach has to be able to do the automated work mm -hmm. to break it down. But if your stomach doesn't have the correct enzymes, if it doesn't have the, I guess you could say, uh, level of bile that it needs mm -hmm. to break things down, it's not balanced correctly, it could cause a lot of problems within your digestive system. It could make you feel really ill. It's the same thing if you give an immature person too strong of a truth too early. They're going to feel sick if they actually come face to face and try to digest what you're saying to them. So when you are like if you're a more mature, if you've, you know, if you've been along the path of Christianity for some time and you're you're thinking that everybody should just be at the same level you are because you're there, nah. You have to temper it down in order to make it palatable to people mm -hmm. so they can actually handle what you're feeding them. You have to consider your audience in all things so that you don't accidentally or unintentionally do harm to somebody based on the truth you're sharing and the time you're sharing it. There's wisdom in knowing when to share something. And I also, going back to Paul, I also think about the scripture, which is a very popular um, piece of scripture, uh, train up a child in the way they should go. And when I think about that in this context, it goes beyond just the chronological child. Because mm -hmm. someone that's new to faith, you can, can come to faith at any time in your life. There are 40, 50, 60-year-olds that are coming to faith, yeah. but they're young in the faith. Yep. And so to train them up, to build them up, does take a certain level of responsibility on our part. Yeah. You know, those of us that, that know the gospel... You know, like my brother articulated, we can't always assume that everyone of a certain age is at a certain level of maturity or a certain um, level of faith understanding. Yes. So we have to meet people where they where they are, which means we have to, on some level, build a relationship. Yeah, have to get to know that person, get to know how they internalize and digest information, and then meet them right where they are, so that they have an opportunity to grow. And once they grow successfully. They'll, they'll depart from their old ways and adopt this new personality, this new identity in Christ yes. and start to become mature in spirit. Yeah, there's. I have this thought about whenever I've felt like I've, under, I've had more understanding or for whatever reason, I just God had given me more wisdom over an issue than someone who was significantly older than me, who was enduring the same situation alongside of me uh, or even with me. If we were having issues together, <laughs> I always have to remember you don't rebuke or sharply correct an older man 
but instead you encourage them. Sure. And that is so hard to do sometimes because if you think you know you're right, you could easily get into that power struggle with a person. But the point is you want to give due honor and respect to elders. Even if, mm-hmm. even if they're not the wisest people, how could you possibly teach them if they think that they're above you? All you're going to do is shock their ego and you're going to create reactivity or you're at least going to spark reactivity and it's not going to be helpful. But if you can find a way to speak softly to them, to use humility, Mm -hmm. to say something to them that actually encourages them to do something better or gets them to think, hmm, maybe there's a better way that I haven't considered in all my years. Maybe someone younger than me or someone different than me has this understanding that I don't have. But if you put them on alert, if you, if again, if you, if you trigger that fight, flight, freeze type of reaction in them by aggression, they're not even going to think about considering you and what you're saying. So always think about how you present yourself to someone because it really makes a difference about their receptivity to you. Can they actually take in what you're bringing? And um, in, in thinking about this, uh, we have to be an example of Christ in everything that we do, especially those of us who have read Scripture, understood Scripture, um, um, turned over our life to Christ. Uh, we have a responsibility to mirror Christ. And, you know, I think about the the people who may be listening to this and even ourselves, some of us might have experienced church hurt Yes, because there are some people in churches, you know, it could be pastor, it could be deacon, it could be anyone in church leadership that because of their position will beat people down with the gospel and say, you should do this, or you have to do that because I'm a pastor or I'm a deacon or I'm, I'm whatever. And that is not biblical. You know, that is not a scriptural model. That's domination through fear. Yeah. Yeah. And, but we have to be realistic. Some of you may have experienced that. Some of you may not be receptive to the gospel because the vessels that are supposed to deliver and speak and embody the gospel are the same ones that are trying to ram the gospel down someone's throat, trying to give, give, um, their, their flock or their people meat when they should just be trained on, on milk and given milk. And, you know, we, we spoke very briefly prior to this, um, you know, as, as I'm in seminary now and have to read a ton of books, Hmm. one of those books mentioned that as a future pastor, you have to be prepared for people in your congregation who may be older than you yeah. and may know more than you, and you have to be humble enough to receive that. Yeah. Uh, the reason I lift that up is that that is more of the Christ-centric model. You know, Christ knew everything. Christ is God and could have just totally brushed off anybody who came with questions, but he humbled himself, met people where they were, walked with them, journeyed with them. And that's the model that we have to be cognizant of, that we have to understand where people are. We have to meet them where they are, not rebuke them, not beat them over the head with the gospel, but understand them and and nurture them, uh, like my brother was saying. Yeah, and I, I just think about how often we come to situations with our pride, thinking that we know better than we actually do. And instead of coming to the situation with an open heart and some curiosity, we come into the situation with a preconceived notion, our prejudice, our presupposition about the situation or the people, the person that we're going we're about to be involved with. And if we're doing it like that, 
we're not even giving them a chance to share where they're coming from or our own ability. We're not giving ourselves a chance to actually hear or perceive what they're trying to say to us. We've blinded ourselves with this strength of bias that we hold. What's that going to serve? It seems very self-serving because if we're not willing to take what the other person is understanding as the narrative of the issue, the, the central theme of the issue that they're perceiving, how are we going to have a broader story that includes mm -hmm. us together, mm -hmm. not just me versus you? Because if we're always coming at each other, if we're, if we're not willing to submit to one another in love, you know, humble ourselves enough to actually hear our brother out carefully, how are we ever going to come to an understanding of what both of us are going through? And if I'm listening carefully to you, but you're not willing to listen to me, and that becomes a, that becomes a trend, it's going to be hard for me to want to keep hanging out with you. Because if I hang out with you, I already know I'm always getting the short end of the stick. Mm -hmm. If I've already shared with you that, hey, I don't feel like you're really hearing me, I don't feel like you're really considering where I'm coming from, and you're the type of person who still says, you know, it's just about, it's just about the facts, it's just about the truth, it's not about anything that you're bringing. If you don't agree with me, well, that's on you. Well, how are we going to connect? How are we going to be friends? How are we going to be brothers in Christ? How can you possibly submit to one another? How can we submit to one another out of love and reverence for Christ? It's not going to be possible. So we have to remember, we have to relearn a lot of us mm -hmm. to reopen these ears. And you see these satellites. My one boy <laughs> told me I look like a trophy. <laughs> My dude. <laughs> hey. But it is what it is, right? Should have named me Oscar. <laughs> <laughs> you you did say something. You said um humility. Mm. And the visual that that I'm wrestling with, wrestling through is we're all grasshoppers in certain areas of our lives. You know, we have it at some point, in some areas, we're experts, and in others, we're still developing. Yep. And so that whole thing about humility is as we come into fellowship with people, we're going to come into fellowship with people who know more than us, yeah. have been in been through different experiences with us, and they might have mastered certain areas that we're still deficient in, that we're still grasshoppers in. Mm -hmm. um, humility allows us to enter into those relationships and say, you're a master in this area. What can I learn from you? Yeah. It's like, I'm a master in this area. What can I teach you? Um, because all of all, all of us fall short of the glory of God, which means all of us fall short of the ideal standard. Um, it's hard in this society, in this me first society, to think that we are lesser than masters mm -hmm. of, you know, insert the word here. Uh, but what scripture shows us to do and what we've been trying to articulate is being a grasshopper is not a bad thing. It's a necessary, it's a necessary starting point. Yes, you got to start there. And that is important for us to remember. And it's not tied to the years. We have to get out of the mindset that mastery is tied to years. Um, yes, repetition is important and experience is important. But in some aspects, it is important to you know, start at the beginning. Um, because that's all we got. Amen to that. I got a couple verses for you today. I'm going to put these in the in the um, the uh, description section then. Nice. But this one is Joshua chapter one, verses seven through nine. Be strong and very courageous. 
Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, that you may be successful wherever you go. Do not let this book of the law depart from your mouth. Meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be terrified. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. And then I think about this, Proverbs 20, Mm -hmm. verse 11. Even a child is known by his actions, by whether his conduct is pure and right. A child. Mm -hmm. You can look at a child's behavior and almost instantly say, I know that kid's rooted in something good. I know that kid's got some foundation in truth. They're being taught right. Whatever you might say, if you saw a child behaving in a way that you found to be appropriate, you deemed that's adequate behavior. I'm, I'm pleased with that. And then I got one more for you. This one's a bit, this one's a big one for talking about the youth. Hmm. It's, it's comes from one Timothy chapter four, verse 12. Don't let anyone look down on you because you are young, but set an example for the believers in speech, in life, in love, in faith, and in purity. This is something that if you do as a young person, you're demonstrating to everybody around you who would seek to discredit you for your age, that you are genuine, that you are the real McCoy. Mm -hmm. God is doing work in your life and you are literally being, you are, you are, you are, taking the glory of God through the truth that he's given you and put in your heart. You're taking that truth of the spirit and you're letting that shine before men. And it brings glory to the father in heaven. And every time you do that, every time you're consistent, disciplined, rooted in that truth, people are going to get annoyed because they want to discredit you so that they can rationalize why they can't change. Nobody, so many, I don't want to say nobody Mm -hmm. because that's, that's not truth. So many people don't know how to get out of the funk they're in, but they have a slight idea that if they made a change, that maybe it would be better. But that change requires Mm -hmm. suffering, and that suffering is terrifying. So they automatically will look to discredit someone who looks like they're living better than them because they don't want to have that reflection on them where the light is now showing who they are in some form or fashion. People don't want that. So what you got to do, young people, old people, Mm -hmm. all of us alike, we need to make sure we're consistently placing ourselves before the Lord, meditating on his word day and night, praying without ceasing, not forsaking the fellowship of gathering with other believers, and really staying close to the Father by obeying the commands he's given us. This is what's going to shine the light brightly toward men. This is what's going to draw people into truth. This is what's going to reveal true colors. So Chris and I, we come here to tell you all that today. Young people, stay humble. Mm -hmm. Older folk, be humble as well. Always be willing to learn both from God and anybody else that comes along. Because if you think about something enough, the interactions you have with people, the things you've heard, the things you've experienced, the behaviors with, you're going to be able to figure out really great life lessons if you look carefully enough and you break it down. That reductionist thinking, get it all the way down to the base level. Look at things objectively. Look at things with a great sense of criticism. 
Compare it to the truth that you know. Compare it to the what the Bible says is truth. See if it adds up. Always test all things according to the to the scriptures. Christians, that's specifically to you. Because <laughs> you will always find the scripture will return as true. Right. It will never let you down. But you do got to learn that. It takes a while to build that trust, to be honest. And your faith will be tested through this. Mm-hmm. Chris, you got anything else to spit? Um, you spit flames. Mm. So... Um... I'm, I'm all burned out, so. Ooh, because I spit flames. Ooh, we caught that. I'm trying, man. I'm trying. <laughs> Yo, Chris is getting good with it. He, he's starting to get that Dylan hot fire. Hot fire. <laughs> <laughs> well, yo, again, this is Benny J. And yo, it's your boy, Mr. Main Event in the building. This is Internal Explosion, the podcast, episode number six. Grasshopper. Grasshopper. Thank you all so much for coming and checking us out today. And we'll see you next week. Bye. Peace, y'all. We running out the building. <laughs> yeah. Because it's on fire. Ooh. Check it that fire breathing dragon. <laughs>